When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. It's Russ. Welcome to the latest edition of My Hammers 11. Now, you'll notice there's no video feed today. There's a reason for that, and we'll get to that when I introduce my guest. He's uh, probably best thing to describe him is probably West Ham folklore, Twitter legend, maybe. And <laughs> he um, co-owns the um, West Ham um, West Ham Way pre-match uh, events, which are always really well attended. As, unfortunately, I'm too busy in the ground already. I'd love to attend. Um, and also the West Ham Way podcast. It's XWHU. Employee, how are you doing, X? I'm very well. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Um, as I said, we're doing this, interviewing loads of people, finding out about their Hammers 11s. What we try and do is get a bit of a grasp of your sort of um, of your sort of experiences and your memories. So we asked a couple of questions. The first thing is, um, what was your earliest West Ham memory? Well, my earliest West Ham memory was that my dad used to go off to the games. So when I was, you know, I must have been very, very young. I'm talking like five, six, and he'd go off to the games and he'd be gone for like, however long it used to take, three, four hours, say, um, he'd be gone. And the whole time he was there, obviously I had no experience of football really. So I used to kind of imagine what it was like and what he got up to and so on and he'd come home and he'd either be in a you know, really happy mood yep. or really bad mood or more often than not bad mood with it being so, with yeah. yeah so um, and uh, and then i would always, and it kind of built up this kind of magical thing in my head about what like what going to football was so that was my kind of first memory of knowing about you know the concept of football so yeah. to speak and i said to i said to my dad i want to come with you now my dad must have had a really good social life at the games in terms of the drinking factor because he was always like oh no you can't go your mum won't let you and there was always an excuse so 
I decided, I've not actually told many people this, but I decided to test the water, so to speak. So I claimed for a year that I was going to support Arsenal just, just because a lot of my friends at school did. And I thought, right, well, if you won't let me go to West Ham, this will teach you. So yeah, I, yeah. so I kind of I claimed to support Arsenal. And it was actually the year that Arsenal won the league in the last minute at Anfield. So it was quite a, quite a significant time to almost be a fake Arsenal fan. So anyway, when they won the league, I didn't really know much but I knew they'd won the league so I just showed off about it to my dad and he was like right I'm not having this so next season he bought me my first season ticket and oh, a complete brilliant. home strip so from that point onwards oh, I was obviously brilliant. a proper West Ham fan so you- my first ever game was a one-all draw um in the start it must have been the start of the 1990-1991 season and it was against um Portsmouth Guy Whittingham scored first for them and then McAvenny scored for us and that that was my first game and that was it was love uh, ever since I love yeah. love being a, a a love that's been tested many times but uh, yeah <laughs> a love a love ever since and it's nice that I see so I don't think I've ever heard a description where someone's blackmailed their dad into becoming a West Ham fan but I love it I, I absolutely love well it. I wish I'd start in some ways I wish I'd start with Arsenal now, <laughs> yeah but, uh, <laughs> in hindsight's a great thing isn't it yeah exactly brilliant, brilliant. so that's your earliest what's if you know imagine you're know, in 90s onwards and there's a lot, lot, lot of stuff that's happened at West Ham you know what would be your your greatest West Ham sort of memory it doesn't have to be a game it could be just meeting your dream your 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 main player, the one you loved, or just to, you know, be interested to know that? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, um, obviously, since we've been doing the events they've, and the yeah. podcast, that's enabled me to live like a life in terms of West Ham. I never thought I'd ever be able to. Like, you know, our first ever interview was with Trevor Brookings. It doesn't uh-huh. come much bigger than that. Then we had him for our 100th show, and then we've been able to do like I've been lucky enough to meet pretty much every West Ham person I've ever wanted to, mm. bar Decanio. We haven't interviewed Decanio yet, so that's that's a, an objective, hopefully, to, to complete soon. But another memory I have in terms of actual matches was my first ever away, away game. Well, I say away game because it was at a neutral venue. But it was very, very significant. was the um, FA Cup semi-final when we lost 4-0 to uh, Knott's Forest and Tony Gale got sent off. And I was a, a young lad then eight nine I must have been and whilst I was gutted West Ham were obviously losing and not going to make the um, FA Cup final I was just totally gripped by the fact that despite the result and the inevitable loss the fans were just so amazing mm. and from that point onwards that Billy Bonds Claret and Blue Army chant that lasted for what seemed like the whole game I was hooked and I and and I think even though even still to this day it's my first ever away game it's still probably my favorite and when you tell someone that you lost four nil in that <laughs> game um, it's a rather bizarre story but yeah. if you were there if you were there you would know understand, why yeah yeah exactly yeah it's weird thinking you bet your f- favorite game is a four nil defeat in the <laughs> yes, semi-final. but no no yeah 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 no and i get it totally get it and it's interesting you see you know uh, one one was, was talking about their, their favorite game and it was like a one all it was a 2-1 win against Norwich City in like seven. And it was like, you know, it makes no sense in the grand scheme of things. But for them, it had that sort of extra significance because they were, you know, they came out from, from 1-0 down and they were conga lining down Green Street and stuff. And those, <laughs> those memories just brings back. Brilliant. Okay, but well, what we'll do, let's crack on. We'll, um, as I said, we do, we go through and we ask everyone their hammers 11. Um, it's, uh, it's a 4-4-2, no, no fancy down 
diamond formations or anything or, or wing backs you know simple 442 um I'm, i could be a bit lenient on, on where, where people go and as long as you don't put Paolo in goal or something i'm okay um and he would let me <laughs> he would, and then secondly uh well he would but not in away games um, yes. <laughs> secondly you'd have um they have to be you have to see them alive to play. So as, you, as we said before, you know, Bobby wouldn't be in, in our team, but in my team, but I don't know, uh, Andy Melville might be, or uh, yeah. maybe not, but or, or, Roger <laughs> John, or Roger Johnson or someone like that. Um, and it can be anything. So it can be you just your favourite players, your best players, your worst players, whatever. So um, let, let's, let's start X. Let's start with uh, Between the Sticks. Who will be in the X11? Right, well... For me, obviously, as I've established, I started going in 1990. Yep. So, um, so it's players that I've seen from then onwards. Um, yes. So, as we've already said, we rule out like some Brooklyn, more people like that. So, um, so for me, in that time, it was the first goalkeeper I can remember playing for West Ham, and also my favourite who I've had the privilege, as I said, to have met a couple of times at events now absolute gentleman uh, he came from near Moscow um, mm. and it has to be Ludo I think for me um, we've had great keepers since then I think actually if you look since I've been going you could argue that goalkeepers arguably one of our strongest positions in the last kind of 20-30 years because you could throw in you know, Robert Green you could throw in David James Shaka Hislop Fabianski. Um, there's been a number of good goalkeepers over those years, but Ludo was just immense for me. You know, I, I remember that Man United game that obviously stands out when we stopped them uh, winning, winning the league. Um, and then just, just he was just such a presence in goal. And I remember, I think he won Hammer of the Year in my first ever season going as well. And I remember we were, you know, at school, when you admit to being a West Ham fan, everyone's like, ah, oh, because they're all Arsenal, you know, Tottenham, yeah. Liverpool, Man United. So you got a lot of stick. But when I, I used to maintain that despite being um, the equivalent of the championship, we, um, we had the best goalkeeper. And I remember Manchester United were linked with signing him, possibly before they got Schmeichel. And I, and I said, there's the proof. There's the yeah, proof how yeah. good, good he was. And he was just brilliant. And he's such a gentleman as well. You know, I've, as I said, I've met him a couple of times. As I'm sure you have. And, he, and he's a, a diamond bloke. Mm, so so it's, gonna, it's based upon ability. But also, he'd be a great guy to have around the, the dressing room yeah as well. brilliant yeah good old ludo i don't know if you're watching x um you know robert banks and i say in every interview i talk about that robert banks is um he sort of digitalized all the um end of season reviews and he's putting them on youtube so i think he right. goes back from about mid 80s up until i think it's, I think it's just on 2013-14 season and you go back wow. and re-watch it's like the new it's like the netflix of west ham fans really you know? <laughs> yeah you've done you've done the you know, tiger king and people like that it's all about <laughs> so um so yeah it's so it's wacky as tiger king as well isn't that, it? some <laughs> of them so that mid-90s yeah. period yeah definitely <laughs> that's for sure and that was probably that as i was saying to someone else and saying to baz cox that sort of 90s period was probably the last time that footballers were fun do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yes. where they yeah, yeah. had that John Moncur would paint their hair and, you know, turn up naked. And, you know, and <laughs> I remember Neil Ruddock doing the laps of the pitches and being almost bollock naked by the end of it, um, you know, yeah. throwing his T-shirt and stuff. You don't get that. It's so professional now. You don't get those sort of characters. Mm. But um, all right, we'll put Ludo between the sticks. Who we got at left back the next? 
um, again, it gets harder as the positions go on. But for me, there's only one real contender for left back, and um, and I'm sure he'd be in most people of my ages um, eleven. And that's uh, the penalty king, the hard man, Julian Dix. Yeah, exactly. I just he, he was just such a, a, a again a player that I was so proud of playing for West Ham in those mm-hmm. days. You know, um, he was hard, which was quite cool. Uh, he scored scored loads of penalties. You know, really wore the the, the shirt with pride. Um, you know, stood up to the likes of Billy Jones and Cantona and play, people like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just just a brilliant person again had the privilege to interview and do events with him and it's funny because Dave and I spoke about him on a recent podcast Uh, at first you're not quite sure how to take him he's quite standoffish he's quite quiet and mild-mannered believe it or not from his like the image on the football pitch and at first you're not really sure what to take to him but once you get to know him you realize that he is such a lovely fella and he's had he has so much time to like support you know, charities come on podcasts, help people out. That again, and he's very popular with ex-players. So I think already I've got two very good players, but two very good people for the dressing room as well. Mm, definitely, definitely. No, they yeah, Dixie was a was a, was an astounding. And as you said, he's one of those guys that that you know people speak very highly of ex-players and stuff, and that always that's a testimony to the player out in the dressing room, you know, and, and it rather than necessarily the player, obviously we see the player, we saw those, you know, 35 yard bangers he would do with no backlift into the top corners and things like that. But you're right. You know, he's, he was, um, he was, he was something special on the left back. That was for sure. Um, yeah. So who we got on the right then? Who's, who's going to be on the right back then? So we've got Dixie on the left. Who's on the right for you? So right back, I was torn between two. Um, the two that I was torn between is Tim Breaker, um, Mr. Reliable, very yeah. consistent, very underrated, I think, as well. Um, had a good cross, a good engine, you know, never let us down. I don't really recall him getting many injuries either. So kind of always available for the side. And then the other one I have was Sebastian Schemmel. Now, he only played for us for, what, about two years yeah. from memory? But one of those years, when he won Hammer of the Year, he was absolutely superb. I just remember being so excited by him at right back, and right back isn't one of those like glamorous <laughs> no, positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was Jamie Carragher said to Gary Neville, "Once you don't grow up, saying, yeah, I want to be a right back when I'm older." Um, so, but for some reason, with with Shemmel, he he just had that kind of excitement to him, like, and so I was torn between the two. So when coming to making my decision, I thought, well, Tim Breaker performed consistently, I'm guessing, for about nine, ten years. Schemmel was for two. So because of that, I've gone with Tim Breaker. Tim Breaker. Yeah, I I, 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 had, I had Sebastian in mind. Because I think he was the Did same. You? Yeah, because I think, yeah, you're right. It's like that right position, right back. I mean, you know, it's not a glamorous position. You think of who are the strong right backs. So, you know, obviously, Gary Neville and people like that. They're not the most glamorous players. Um, yeah. But, yeah. No, no, yeah, Tim Breaker's a great shot. And he scored a few goals as well. Like watching some of those seasons, some of those seasons, he did he, yeah, cut into the box quite a few times. Um yeah. and so again, things like that I, I completely forgot. And then, like I'm reliving all this stuff and <laughs> I think you've got time to do it now. Nice yes, pair, yes. nice set of fullbacks. Okay. So who are we gonna go with your your centre backs? Right, this is where it get this is where it gets a little bit trickier. And at the moment I've got six options for two, <laughs> for two <laughs> so for two positions. So uh, I'm gonna have to try and narrow it down whilst we're speaking. Um now 
if I go back to when I first started going, you've got the likes of Alvin Martin and um, Tony Gale and Steve Potts, people like that. And then as the years sort of go on, you get your likes of Billich and Ferdinand and um, you know, even people like Ian Pierce, David Unsworth, players like that start to come into the reckoning mm. as well. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Rio for one of them because he was just such a classy player. Um, you know, so good on the ball. He had everything, pace, good on the ball, reasonably strong, good in the air, could finish when needed. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have to go with Rio. And then, obviously, we all know how his career took on even further after he'd left us you know typically West Ham sold him for 18 million and thought we were getting an amazing deal and then two years later goes to Man United for 30 but yeah, uh, yeah um, typical of us and the, the main the, you know if you think what West Ham could have been had we kept on to him Lampard, Joe Cole, Carrick, Johnson and all the other players around about that time realistically we could have been looking at certainly challenging for the Champions League possibly even more when you think that you know the careers that all those players went on to have Um, and I think selling him was the start of a massive decline in our fortunes because it then meant the others left and Mm. so I think yeah I think I'm going to go with Rio yeah okie dokie and who's going to partner Rio the next come on so so tough um i really am struggling here but i think in terms of performances and how again how exciting he was um and the charm that was around at the time and then what uh, latter happened in with him with us I mean, i'm going to go slavin bilic and i'm going to go slavin bilic because you know, he made, I think from memory, he made his debut in a 1 0 win at Spurs, which, you know, is a great, a great way Not to bad, start. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I think, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just remember singing Super, Super Slav, so uh, religiously at the time. I thought he was a real classy act. He was one of the first sort of foreign players that we signed that went on to be like that good um so it was like the start of that era when foreign players were coming more frequent and i think he was the best one from memory that i can remember us buying so I mean, i'm going to go with him and obviously later managed us and brought us the last year at the bowling so again massive kudos for that exactly. unfortunately he, he left to join everton and you know he said he wants to go on to win things which was at the time i was gutted about but mm-hmm. i'm going to forgive him for that and i'm going <laughs> to let him come into the team and it's also so, <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, and also another lovely fella. So we've yeah. met all so far. I'm thinking the chemistry in my team yeah, is definitely. good. Definitely. You've got a little bit of youth as well with Rio because we'll take Rio when he played for us. So that's yeah, it's youth. So it's nice. Yeah, nice, nice, solid back five. Um, there's there's not a lot of um, people shirking challenges at that back four. No, exactly. <laughs> and you got and you got a, you know you got a mixture. You got your your academy academy graduate. Yeah. You got two foreigners. I mean, I know I know I sort of said Billich was the first, but obviously Ludo was one of the yeah. the first. But he wasn't in that era when they were they were all coming, so to speak. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So so had had those two. You got Dixie and Breaker. So you got that energy and yeah. that that toughness. It feels like a good a good. Like, like they'd get on well it'd be a solid back line yeah definitely right let's let's move on to midfield let's go for um let's go for left wing who we got on the left x then 
Okay, now this is where the chemistry of the team may be a little bit, um, a little bit <laughs> Got destroyed. An Got an idea. Yeah, Go exactly. <laughs> so again, I, I weighed up a few options. Now I thought you got Stuart Slater, who was yeah. one of my first ever favourite players. He could kind of play on the left, the right. Um, so I, I was thinking of him. And then I thought I loved Matty Everington when he played for us on the left. Lots of pace, really good goals, mm. hammer of the year. Again, you know, I'm, I'm quite close to Matty now, so a really, a really good bloke. Um, but then I was thinking, <laughs> West Ham, a West Ham, you never get a Ballon d'Or nominee. Um, so for that factor, I don't think you can look further than Dimitri. No. Now, you know, that season at the bowling is what we've got to remember him for. Um, absolutely magical. Made that season. I think if we hadn't have had him, it wouldn't have been nowhere near as successful as it was. Um, so I think on that fat on that reasoning, you've got to go with him. Yep, agreed. Yep, totally. And as you said, I don't think we've had a player make so much of an impact so early on. Literally yeah. from the first game, you know, it was this guy's class. And um, I think part of that was was Billich's man management of him as well, you know, definitely. Because I think he's, we know, we could, or we know he was a, a, a strange soul in terms of personality. But because um, people, I've heard people say, oh, yes, Billich, yeah, he was only, like, yeah, he was only successful because of Payet. But no, it was the other way around. Payet was successful because Billich, you know, brought him in and, 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 could work with him and uh, you know a bit similar to Harry and Di Canio you know that sort of yeah. that sort of partnership very sweet okay so we'll go with Pyatt on the left who's going to go on the right wing the next well, f- well firstly when Pyatt turns up the first thing he does is he meets Julian Dix and they sit down and they have a conversation yeah. and Julian Dix <laughs> says to him right I've been at West Ham for this many years <laughs> I-, I know what this club means you do not muck up oh you've got me to answer to so that's the first move like um, yeah so, so, so sorry did you say right wing or central midfield well, Go right, right wing. Let's go right wing. Okay, right wing. Um, so again, lots of options. I went with, and I know he didn't always play as a right winger for West Ham. Sometimes he was a right wing back. Sometimes he was up front. I think he made his debut up front for us and scored two goals against Everton, possibly from memory. Um, so that I got into the England squad whilst he was with us as well. Um, so I'm going to go with Trevor Sinclair. Yeah, good shout. Like a it. really good player. Like I remember when Harry signed him, I think loads of people warned him off because they said he had the biggest arse in football. <laughs> um, but, but somehow he managed to use that arse to good effect and become a, become a really good player for us. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. we, what, we paid, what, one and a half million Something roughly. Like that. Yeah, and Roland, yeah, wasn't it? So, yeah. so when you think of it like that, that's a great signing for what he yeah. turned out to be. Yeah, so great. yeah, I think I'm gonna go Sinclair. Great shout, great shout. And as you said, there's a you know, in, in the team there's there's some natural there's some pace there, isn't it, with, with Trevor. Yeah. When he was when he was felt and when he was on, on his game, he was he was and it was and it, you know, apart from apart from Declan Rice, I would say, you know, it was probably the last time um, Rob Green to some extent, but last time you had like an England regular, sort of that two thousand two yes. period and were, you know, you could be proud to see on the telly a West Ham player playing for England. That was Yeah, exactly. Unusual. And yeah, what I also like is the the him and Breaker together because mm. I think Breaker will overlap and get down the wing and put crosses in. He knows that if Trevor bombs forward, Breaker's gonna be able to get back and Yeah support him defensively so I think they would work well as a as a right side as well sounds great right let's go for your central mids the next who we got playing in the center of the park okay now, 
that this is tough, really, yeah. really tough. Um, so I've tried to sort of think of it from a formation perspective as well. So I've tried to go with a more defensive one and then a more attacking one yeah, rather nice. than like two attackers and so on. So for defensive midfield, the two that have really I've been torn between are Carrick um, and Declan Rice and and Mark Noble as well. If I throw him in there as a defensive one. Um, so for me, Michael Carrick was just pure class, um, not just as a player, but as a man. And I think he was massively underrated mm. at West Ham. Now, I know that sounds stupid because he became an England international and he, you know, he went on to have the career he had. So he can't have been underrated as such. But I, don't, I think he was always overshadowed by the likes yeah. of Joe Cole and Paolo Di Canio and people like that. And no one really realised that his past completion rate must have just been phenomenal at West mm. Ham. And we're not just talking about two yard passes you know he used to ping them all over the place and um i just really liked michael carrick obviously mark nobles offered us like such loyalty and such years of service and is a far better player than some fans um give him credit and then Declan Rice is someone that I've known since, you know, since he joined West Ham as an academy product, product at like 14, 15, through um, various people I know and various work that I've done. So I've seen him grow from this, mm. you know, av- average, I think it's fair to say, average kid at 14 to go on to be a regular England international via mm. Island, so he he's a you know he's a really really a success story of West Ham. Again, an absolutely lovely fella, top bloke, done so much for West Ham so far. Mm. So so I'm finding it really hard to choose between these three. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, really hard because I've got personal and team reasons for each one. Yeah yeah so, yeah, I get it. Um, boy, this is tough. Um. I think I'm going to go with Carrick and I'm going to go with him because I still think Declan can do even more for West Ham than he's already done. So his time is not concluded. So if we was to do this again in three, four years time, I might have Declan over (laughs) Carrick um, because because we're not and we're doing it right now. Um, I'm going to go with Carrick, I think. Yeah. Yep. Sounds great. And who's going to partner him in that midfield the next um, so this is where I go for the attacking option um, and I'm torn between two here and that's um, Joe Cole and that's Eil Berkovic. Um Now I know Joe Cole again isn't technically, wasn't always a sort of central midfielder as such, he appeared on the wing and so on. Um, and then Berkovic was just a pure class act, such a good player, so creative. Um <sighs> I think I'm going to go with Joe Cole. And the reason I'm going to go with him is because him and Carrick were good buddies. Mm. So again, you've got that knowing each other from the academy and that kind of natural chemistry. Also, he's an academy product. So then in, in the team already, we've got Rio Carrick and Joe Cole that yeah. all came from the academy. Our name is the Academy of Football. So it's good to have that representation. Um, and Joe, I think I'd like to think with in a proper system with the right man management being told that he is an attacking midfielder and that is what he's got to focus on rather than he's kind of all over the place. Mm. I think would make him even better for West Ham than he was. So yeah, I'm going to go Joe Cole. Sounds great. And as I said, there's a, there's a, there's a nice balance that you've got 
two very, very skillful players. You've got, you know, Carrick holding it and you've got Trevor with a bit of pace. So he's all covered yeah. all bases there. Right. Nice one. Right. X, let's talk about your strikers. Who's your, who's your going to get your goals that are going to win this team for you? Right. So I found this the hardest position, which is going to, you're going to think, oh my word, he's found everything else hard. So, <laughs> but, I found, but, I found, but I really did find this yeah. hard because there's certain players that I love because of the effort, you yes. know, the likes of Carlton Cole and um, people like that, Marlon Harewood and Zamora, like the characters they were mm-hmm. and the effort they put in. Then there was the likes of people like Trevor Morley, who I felt was underrated, yep. and a very good player, a very good target man. And then you got people like Tevez, who are only technically effective for half a season. Um, so, so it's really hard to choose. So the one that I'm certain on, and I'm sure will feature in anyone my age's team, um, is Decanio. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put him in I'm because in because of the entertainment value, the the fact that you know every game he was a, he was worth going for alone um, when he turned yeah. up. Obviously, uh, he was he was worth going for the character, the love for West Ham, you know mm. that Italian flair, charisma. He just had everything, and you know had he had he been. Um, not an Italian uh, when they were that good and he'd been a you know an, I don't know an Englishman or another nationality he would have been as good on the world stage as well yeah. but I just think in Italy they had so many good players and in his era he didn't quite do it on the international scene mm. but for West Ham the memories I have of that fella are just huge and yeah. it would be wrong to not have him in my team yeah and he still has a, such an affection for the club doesn't he as I said he's yeah, a few people have picked up he's been doing obviously the youtube videos at the moment he was you know doing keepy up he's singing i'm forever blowing bubbles in a you know t- shorts that were far too tight for him but in a, like a <laughs> 1950s west Ham top so yes. not even like one in like one of his own tops so you know he's yeah. gone and bought that or got it from someone but you know yeah and i think uh yeah he's i think paolo is in pretty much in everyone's team so it's sort of a nailed on one but that makes you perfect think sense. so you and it's like it does, and, it's, and then the thing that frustrates me more than anything is that I actually have a couple of links to Decadio, so I know his daughter through someone. I know um, someone that he's worked closely with, but I've never ever. I've got his what? I've got his phone number. It's definitely him because it's his WhatsApp picture, and uh, it goes to his voicemail, and it's definitely him. But I cannot get him to do oh. an event or or a podcast, so that in itself is frustrating. But yeah. one thing I regret in my life the most was um, one of my. Um, one of my mates uh, knew the West Ham fitness coach at the time that was actually brought in by Paolo. Now, I forget his name. I would know it if I saw it, but he was an mm. Italian fellow that Paolo brought in to do the fitness and said to Harry, I want this man to come in. Anyway, I had an indirect link to him and he offered me a Paolo Di Canio match-worn shirt from a game when he scored against Middlesbrough. It was a good goal and I was offered it and I was offered it for £50, which... When I was a student, which I think I was at the time, or even before I was a student, fifty pounds was just too much money, and I passed on that opportunity. And I look back now, and I wish so much that I'd found that fifty pound from somewhere, and I'd bought it because that would have had pride and place in my in my house. But uh, yeah, that's something I didn't do, and I regret that now. But anyway, okay. So now we've got the big one. Who's going to partner Paolo? Right. So the options are between Tevez, Trevor Morley, and Tony Cotty. Um, and they're all there for fact, different factors. Tevez, you know, those last 
few mm. months at West Ham were just sensational. Um, such a good player. And I'm starting to watch the Netflix series on him. And when you see the background that he's came from to to be to achieve what he has, um, you you almost have that kind of that uh, admiration yeah. for him. Um, so that that is the fact. Uh, Morley again, because I think he was underrated, and he was there for a good four or five years when I first started going. But I think I'm going to go with Tony Cotty, um, and I'm going to go with him because when he came back to West Ham, I must have spent about £400 on club call phone calls, mm-hmm. um, making sure that he was definitely <laughs> joining West Ham and, I, and I'd heard every bit of information that he was coming. And, um, you know, he's another one originally from the academy, uh, a local lad, a West Ham fan. Um, you know, I'd heard my dad speak about how good he was. Um, you know, he was a record British transfer fee when he left West Ham, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just think he, it, he was such a good player for us in both spells and he got sold too early in my opinion because mm-hmm. he went on to Leicester and scored lots of goals for Leicester as well so I wish we'd kept him and I think with the Canio you got him creating all the opportunities yeah. outside mm-hmm. the box and, and you got Co- uh, Cotty as the kind of predator fox Definitely. in the box and with Pie you know, getting the ball in there and Joe Cole breaking in and uh, Decadio and Sinclair. Cotty's going to be able to feed on a lot of scraps. So I think he'd score a lot of goals. Yeah. And therefore, he completes my uh, West Ham. Very good. And you can just imagine uh, how much fun there'll be with any free kicks with Paolo and Payet yes, wrestling yes. the ball over each other. So it's like, it's like Bradford all over I, I, again. Well, I said Julian thrown in as well. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's going to be an Julian would, Yeah, Julian would take <laughs> the penalties. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a great. It's a great team. X. We've got Ludo in goal. We've got Julian at left back. We've got Rio and Slav in the middle. We've got Breaker on the right back, and then the midfield we've got Pyatt on the left, Trev on the on the right. We've got Carrick and, and Joe in the middle, and then we've got PDC and Cotty up front. I think that's a really strong team. Could definitely still. They'll do. See, a challenge for Europe, I reckon, that team could at the moment, if they were in their prime. At you'd least. hope, you'd hope, yeah. You would hope so. It depends who the manager is. If we got Rhoda, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we got someone else, then maybe. Uh... Yeah, no, it's a great team. Look, hey, thank you so much for spending the time. You know, I know we haven't got anything else better to do, but you've got a lot. Of, you know, there's lots of other stuff you could do over talking to us, and I really, really appreciate it. And and anyone, everyone else who's listened in and watched the, uh, the, the, the episode, um, Anything else you'd like to mention, X? Or no, mate. Thank you for the opportunity to come on. Um, you know, like it's always interesting to talk to different people, mm. and uh, you know, especially someone like yourself that's obviously involved with West Ham and so on. So, um, a pleasure, a pleasure to come on. And um, you know, if we, if you like reminiscing, we're going to be launching a, a new podcast. We got obviously the West Ham Way one, but we're looking at doing one because Euro '96 is going to be shown again on ITV Hub, I think. So we're looking at doing a, a few podcast sentimental ones around. England, West Ham, and just life in the 90s, um, because both Dave and I grew up um, at that time and we're kids and stuff, so you know, that that will hopefully be a good listen but um, thank you for what you're doing as well, Um, it's great for people to be able to come on and share their time It's it's been great, it's been really good this this nostalgic period um, is lovely, but but thanks thanks X, really appreciate it No problem mate. Cheers, take care Sports Social Podcast Network
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.